Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. There's a whole lot of word in there. I don't mean, I, I want a lot of word, amen? Because the Bible says uh, that we need the word of God. It is the bread of life, amen? First Corinthians chapter 15, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. I want to read that again. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace uh, is, which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. Amen. Now, I want to read that, that phrase of that scripture in the message translation. And it, and it reads like this. But because God was so gracious, so very generous, here I am. And I am not about to let his grace go to waste. I, I, I like that rendering of it. He says, but because God was so gracious and so very generous, here I am. And I'm not about to let his grace go to waste. One more time, the rendering of the King James, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Look at somebody and say, by the grace of God, tell them I am what I am. Tell somebody else, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I, I want to preach to you on this thought this morning, simply, I am what I am. Look at somebody now, tell them, I am what I am. Amen. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the victories that have already begun to be won in this place. Lord, I thank you for the overcoming power and strength of your word. And Lord, I ask you this morning, would you anoint these lips of clay to speak as the oracle of heaven? Would you anoint every ear to hear, every mind to understand, every heart to receive, and every spirit to bear witness of your word? Lord, would you do what only you can do in this place? Lord, for man cannot fix it, politicians can't fix it, bankers can't fix it, doctors can't fix it, psychiatrists can't fix it, but we know that you can do what no one else can do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said amen. And would you just give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Look at somebody again and tell them I am what I am. Amen. The Old Testament depicts the original incident of sin and, and the fall of man. Genesis paints the picture of how man was in his fallen state and became conditioned to be in sin. Genesis chapter 3 and verses 8 through 10 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence 
of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Let me just pause and say, be careful, amen, that you don't find yourself hiding from the presence of God. Amen. And uh, let, let me kind of break it down a little bit more. Make, make sure that you don't find yourself giving excuses for why you can't or won't be at church. Find reasons to get in to the house of God and fellowship with the people of God. Amen. Because uh, it, it always denotes a, a conditioning of someone. Amen. The shame that comes into the life of a person and the enemy and their flesh works in conjunction to keep them from the blessings and the things of God and a relationship with God. Amen. And the Lord God called Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. In willfully rebelling against God, Adam lost the close communion he had with his maker because he made a choice to sin. He made a choice to break that communion and that covenant with God. Now, I know I'm not preaching anything revolutionary that you've never heard, but I want to establish a man where, where I'm going with this in my message today, that it was a deliberate act by Adam, a man, and Eve to break communion and fellowship with God. Amen. God did not cut them off. They cut themselves off. I want to make that very clear. They, they had a choice. They could have obeyed God or not obeyed God. But they made a choice, amen, to not obey uh, what God had asked or commanded of them to do. Ever since then, mankind has been emotionally afraid, emotionally naked, and, and, and emotionally in hiding. Our problems stem from the fact that we are separated from the presence of God in our life because of sin and we no longer know who we are. Constantly scrambling for an identity, maybe a part of this or maybe a part of that. Uh, we have so much of a historic level of identity crisis in our world today and, and more specifically in our nation and it is the conditioning of sin that has brought that into people's lives. Amen. Because we are so conditioned uh, to try to be like everyone else but God. Be like everyone else, amen, but the people of God who choose to follow after God. We live in a world where even basic rudimentary uh, elements of science are, are, are denied because people want to feel like they're something that they're not. Amen. We are living in a gender blender society, which the church should have no part of. The spirit of Baal is at work in America today. Amen. And just like Jezebel of the Old Testament and the prophet of God in the Old Testament, amen, too many churches are playing games with the whole transgender movement. It's it, This is not a new spirit. It's an old spirit. It's the spirit. Well, I'm going to preach about it on a Sunday morning and in the month of Christmas anyway. It's it's a gender confusion spirit. Amen. It, it's the same old spirit in a new dress. It's the spirit of Baal. Uh, and, and God, even Jesus wrote and spoke in the book of Revelations, amen, that he, he hated Jezebel and that spirit uh, that, that she had because it was the spirit of confusion. Remember, God is not the author of confusion. 
Amen. Now, I, I want to say this because I believe it is my responsibility, amen, as, as, as a shepherd and a pastor to be a watchman on the wall that would identify, amen, not only issues in front of us, but things that are coming afar off. And, and what I hear sometimes is, is well, you, you know, you, you just need to be more accepting and more embracing of these. This is spirit of Baal. It, we're not going to let the spirit of Baal in the church. Amen. You say, well, why is it the spirit of Baal? Because if you just do a basic research of the study of Baal, you understand that Baal was a God that was both male and female. You will understand that Baal identified as, as non-binary or, or bi-gender. It's the spirit of Baal. And it was forced upon the people of God. And because there were no people that would stand for God. Amen. That, that spirit caught on in Israel. Amen. I, I want you to hear what I'm saying now. Because Baal was both male and female. And to worship Baal. To worship Baal, Brother Moreno. Men had to come in dressed like women, and women had to go in dressed like men. I'm sorry, I don't mean to share so much scripture here, but this is what Baal was. And Baal worship is alive and it's well in our nation today. And what we need is some alive. And see, what happens is Spirit of Jezebel gets in supposed church folks and they get offended by stuff like they only realize they're a spirit of Jezebel. Spirit of Jezebel was not all of the things of of, of all the things that you know we traditionally think about a gaudy dressed woman and all that's part of it. It's the smallest part, the biggest part of of the spirit of Jezebel is to assassinate anyone that would disagree with the worship of Baal. If you don't bow at their altar, Jezebel wants to kill you. If you don't go along with their game, Jezebel wants to kill you. It's the spirit. We see the same thing today. If you don't accept it, amen, they want to take you out. If you don't accept it, they'll, they'll fire you from your job. They'll take away your social media. They'll do everything they can to cut you off and now we see the priestess and the priests of Jezebel on one side that are pushing all of this gender confusion listen to me it's not a new spirit it's an old spirit it's just dressed up in a different name but you better realize it is still that old ancient spirit of Baal that says no you can you can you, you need to come to me different than what you are but I'm glad I'm in a church this morning amen that's filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost that says that is an altar that we will not lay a sacrifice on because Baal's most precious sacrifice was the children that were dressed up to be something amen Amen. I, I really, I, I preached this last week in Alabama, and, um, and uh, when it was over, uh, the, one of the pastors came to me, and he said, I, I don't, I'm not, dare, would, I would dare never try to speak for God, uh, but he said, he said, you know what, that, that needs to be proclaimed in all of the churches right now, uh, because the churches are very intimidated with this. We've identified this spirit. Now, let me just say this, amen, you have no business as a believer aligning with people, groups, parties, uh, uh, whatever it is that pushed that narrative because Baal worship wanted the children. They would bring their little boys acting and dressing like girls and little girls acting and dressing like boys. The same thing is being pushed in America today. And you know what we need? We need some Holy Ghost filled believers that'll say, I don't bow at that altar. 
I don't worship that God. Isn't it amazing? Even in the church, people get offended by it. You know why? They got a spirit of Jezebel. They want to assassinate that. I, I don't like that. I don't want to hear that. It's still in the world. I've come to tell you that if we get down to the source of the issue, then we understand that God wants a people that have not bowed their knee at that altar, nor compromised at a negotiating table, but that stand firm on God's word and say, not my house, not my church, not my family, not my kids, not my school, not my state, not my nation. I'm going to take a stand and say, we don't want bail. Somebody say amen. Amen. And, and, and so you, we, we don't know who we are. We, we, have, we have a tremendous, and it's, it's psychological, and it's emotionally damaging these children. Amen. And, and teenagers, I, I fear for these children. Amen. And, and that they're, they're, they're being groomed and they're being brainwashed to not know who they are and, and to have an identity crisis. It's not the will of God for us to have an identity crisis. We need to know who we are through Christ Jesus. Jesus. Amen. But when you become a Christian, when you become a born again believer, then, then the, all of a sudden now the curse is reversed. That curse of sin that separated us from God is reversed. And many wonderful things begin to happen in the life of a believer when they are born again. Colossians chapter 2 and verses 13 through 14 declares, it declares this is one thing that happens when you become a believer all your sins are forgiven and you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to his cross so when you are born again amen your sins are forgiven number two when you are born again you will receive receive eternal life for John 5 and 24 Jesus said verily verily I say unto you he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death to life. When you're born again, you get life eternal. Number three, you are delivered from Satan's dominion and you are transferred into God's dominion. You go from the kingdom of hell and darkness to the kingdom of light and the kingdom of God. Colossians 1 and 13 says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Number four, when you're born again, Christ comes to dwell within you by his spirit. Colossians 1.27 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Number five, John 8 and 36 says, That you are made free when you are born again. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you 
you shall be free indeed. Number six, you become a new creation. For Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. Number seven, you are declared the righteous. You are declared righteous by God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, amen, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Number eight, when you are born again, you are accepted by God. Ephesians 1 and 6 through 7 says, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Number nine, when you are born again, brothers and sisters, we become a child of God. First John 1 and 12 says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I'm so glad that when I was born again that I became something that I had not been before. The Bible tells us that Satan is the father of all lies. Look at somebody and say, the devil is the father of lies. Because what he does is he lies, he twists, and he distorts the truth just enough so that his deception, listen to this, so that his deception appears more reasonable and more attractive than the truth. Let me say that again. The devil will twist the word of God to where his lies and deceptions become more palatable, more acceptable, and appear to be a greater choice than the actual truth. And this is how Satan snared Eve in the Garden of Eden. That's how he did it. His tactics have not changed in the 6,000 years of recorded history of man, he is still doing what he has done. He won't come in and deny the word of God. No, no. He'll just come in and twist it just a little bit. Just enough so that this new revelation of scripture, this new understanding that you see, it, it must be what God wants. Amen. God must want me to be happy. Therefore, he won't, he won't mind my sin. God wants me to be comfortable. Therefore, he will excuse my sin. But that, that's, that's, not, that's not it at all. You see, the reason that Satan is out to deceive the people of God because he really doesn't want you to know who you are. Satan is terrified that you might actually get a glimpse of who you are called to be through Jesus Christ. Because if you ever begin to understand who you are in relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you be ever begin to get a glimpse of your divine value that God has placed on you, if you ever begin to see yourself as God sees you, amen, you will turn the world upside down. Your life will go from dwelling on the lower rung of misery to being able to walk in contentment and peace no matter what. Because 
when you know who you are, you can dance in sickness. You can shout through the tears. Amen. You can praise God when you lose your job. You, you can be happy, or rather have joy in all things. You'll find yourself at peace and contented when everybody else is losing their mind. You'll be able to hold on to yours. So if the devil, if the devil can keep you from knowing who you are, he will keep you panicked. He will keep you panicked. And, 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 and you never make good decisions while you panic. You, you, let me say, you, you never make rational decisions when you panic. You never make good decisions when you're exhausted. Amen. I, 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 uh, several months ago, I was talking to a uh, young man. He is a, uh, a trainer. Um, he trains uh, major league baseball pitchers, and he trains uh, college division one uh, quarterbacks and NFL quarterbacks. And we we've gotten connected. And he called me uh, several messaged me several months ago, and he said, "Can I FaceTime with you? I just I just want to talk with you." And uh, we pick, I picked up the phone, and we FaceTimed for a few moments. And I looked at him, and his eyes were bloodshot, and 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 you could tell that he was exhausted. And he and he looked at me, and he he said, "I I I'm, I'm at a crossroads." In, in my life right now, even in my professional career, uh, there's a pull for me to go more in, into media, uh, but, but I still have all these clients that are professional athletes, and, and, then, and then we've got a business that, uh, um, that is a real estate, and, and, and it's going well, and he, he said, I, I just really don't know what to do, but I feel like i got to make a decision right now, and I told him, I said, here's something I've learned, never make a decision when you're tired. We talked for 15 more minutes. He, he called me last week when we were in Mobile, and he FaceTimed me. He needed some more time with me. He said, I want you to know. He said, what I took from that last conversation was don't make decisions when I'm exhausted. He said, I'm going to tell you, if I would have made the decision I was thinking about making, it would have absolutely crippled me uh, uh, financially if I would have went through it because I was so tired. You see, the Bible said the tactic of Satan is in the last days that he would wear out the saints of the Most High God. In other words, he wants to keep you so exhausted. He wants to keep you so frazzled and frustrated that you make decisions out of panic rather than prayer. And don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I said he wants you to make decisions out of panic and not prayer. Let me say he wants you to make decisions out of panic and not prayer. He wants you to make decisions based on the economy and, and, and not the will of God. He wants you to make decisions based on a Fox News and CNN rather than the B-I-B-L-E. He wants you to make decisions based on this poll or that poll, but not what, what is truly God saying to me? Because everything I do as a child of God, amen, has a ripple effect in eternity. I want to make sure that I'm right with God. I love lions. Uh, I'm absolutely fascinated uh, with lions. And uh, I've, I've read, I've got, my wife bought me a bunch of books that are even out of print by Peter Capstick, the, the world's 
most famous uh, lion hunter. And uh, I, I, so I've, I, I've studied lions. I've seen lions. And, and one of the most fascinating things to me is to watch these predators as they go into the Serengeti. And uh, you can see it unfolding. You can see them crouch down. You ever seen them cats? Do we, we had cats growing up. Amen. They're just a miniature version of a lion. They're all demon-possessed. Amen. <laughs> Cats are flat out evil. I'm just telling you right now. If you ever want to know what it's like to live with somebody that hates your guts but will tolerate you, get a cat. And you'll see these cats. I, I watched them my whole life. Uh, we live well out in the country, and so these cats would hunt. They had food, but they had this predatory instinct in them that they, they were always they were always bringing in birds and, and field rats and and rabbits. I mean, we had big old cats, and, and you could watch them get down, and they would crouch down at that grass, and there would be a bird or there'd be a squirrel or something over there, and they would just get real still in the grass, and all of a sudden they were waiting for it. They were waiting for that 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 prey to get just settled in enough to and just be aware enough that something was off uh, and just be aware enough to know that the air had changed and, and that something was off uh, and as soon as that cat or that lion or that tiger realizes that they are in a position where, where they know something is off but they can't put their finger all of a sudden that cat leaps and it springs uh, and what does the prey do 10 times out of 10 it'll jump and be and that's all they were waiting on. As long as they stayed camouflaged in the Serengeti grass, as long as they kept their wits about them, amen, that, that cat would move on and try to find something else. But the cat is dependent. The lion is dependent upon the panic of the prey. And so when the prey panics, the lion pounces and will get their target. The same thing happens. Peter said, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil roameth about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's not trying to overpower you. He just wants you to panic enough that you'll move outside the will of God. He just wants you to panic enough that you'll jump out of place and get out of God's will. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. How many people have I seen panic? Amen. And, and make a rash decision during panicking. Amen. Panicking never works. Amen. Responding. Amen. And just being reactionary to be react. You've got a devil in the long grass. And he's got you so wore out. He's got you so exhausted. Amen. The enemy of our soul has us panicked about society. Panicked about the economy. Panicked panicked about the pandemic, panicked about this, and all of us, we know something's off, but the most dangerous thing that you can do is begin to jump or begin to move outside of God's timing because the adversary of your soul has the ability to pounce on the moment. Hey Amen. I, I don't know why I'm preaching all this. Hey, Sister Cindy, I preached this, what, two weeks ago? Hey, Amen. at the Vacaville campus, I didn't say any of this. I don't know why I'm saying this other than to say I think God's trying to speak to us right now that we ought not be reactionary, amen, and what we need to be patient and be still and know that he is God. And until God's, somebody said, well, well, God's not speaking to me. What do I do? You keep doing what he told you to do the last time. 
Ask Sarah what happens when you try to make decisions for God. Amen. Ask, ask Saul what happens when you try to make decisions for God. Ask Aaron what, what happens when you try. No, you just got to be still. Amen. And wait upon the Lord. For they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I rebuke the spirit of panic off of you. I rebuke the spirit of fear and confusion off of you. You better stay still and know. I've seen too many families lose out with God because they panic. Panic is, is a natural human emotion. But you've got to learn to control that panic. Nothing good happens when you panic. You've heard me say this before. It's one thing I've tried to drill into Addison when she was learning to swim. And when to this day when we go out and we do things and there's a risk, whether it's skiing or whatever it is, I'll look at her and I know she knows it. And I'll ask her one question. I'll say, what do we never do? Never panic. Don't panic. If the wave sweeps you underwater and sucks you down, don't you panic. We were at the golf last week. We had a, we had a day before I, I went preached last week. We went down to the Gulf Coast there at Gulf Shores in Alabama. And I was telling her, I said, now, baby, they have riptides out here. And I'm going to show you how to spot a riptide. And, and, and so I was showing her. They didn't have one, thank God. And she says, but, but, Daddy, what do I do if I get caught in a riptide? I said, the first thing you do is you don't panic. Because people don't drown because of a riptide. They drown because they panic. So what do I do? I said, you just face your nose even to the shore and you swim. Even though that current may drag you out a mile into the ocean. Don't you fight that current. You're not stronger than that current. You can't get down and go out of it. You can't go over it. You just swim to the shore and eventually it's going to break and it'll release you and somebody will come get you. But what you cannot do is panic. Panic will always make things worse than what it really. I'm going to tell you something. You better not make decisions based on panic. You better not make life decisions based on that you got to know that God is in it you, God do you want me to have that job Lord is this a job you want I know my boss is a jerk here I know I'm sick of my co-workers they're sick of me I'm tired of the commute I'm tired of this I'm tired of that and that job's got better benefits before you hop before you spring you better get down and you better know that you really know that you really know that God is in that move because honey you might get more money but you might have just bought an extra overdose of hell in your life. You better make sure that when you move, God is in that move on your job. God is in that move in your school. God is in that move. Somebody shout amen. amen. Devil don't want you to know who you are. He wants to keep you panicked. He wants to keep you in fear. He wants to keep you, amen, ring around the eyes, swollen eyes, bloodshot eyes. He wants to keep you panicked, amen. How many know if you stay up too long, you start having auditory hallucinations? How many know what I'm talking about? Last week, I had been up for 45 hours before I went to bed. And before I went to bed, I started, because I can't stay up like I used to and function, amen. But I started hearing things that I knew weren't there, 
amen, auditory hallucinations. You hear things that are, I'm going to tell you, you go long enough without praying, you'll hear things that really aren't there. You go long enough without getting in the word of God. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching the truth right now. You go long enough without reading your Bible and praying and being faithful to the house of God, you'll start hearing noises. You'll think they're God. You'll respond to voices that really aren't from God and you'll make a wreck out of your life. You'll make a wreck out of your career. You'll make a wreck out of your education. Amen. You say, Pastor, amen. it's Christmas season. Why are you saying this? Because this is the season of panic. This is where everybody starts going crazy. I've got, I've got to get it fixed. God's to, and God ain't even speaking. The Bible calls Satan the father of all lies because, because he will do whatever he can to ensnare you in panic. Look at somebody and say, the devil don't want you to know who you are. But you see, Jesus Christ was, was our pattern for all living things because Jesus was God made manifest in the flesh. You see, Jesus didn't have to pray and Jesus didn't have to be baptized, but he did it to set an example for us that we might follow. Matthew chapter three and verse 15 says, and Jesus answered and said unto him, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he he suffered him. Amen. Jesus went through testing and trials just like we go through testings and trials. And just like our hard times, these trials accomplished something in the life of Christ. Hebrews chapter 5 and verses 7 through 9 says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with, a, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save from death, and was heard in that he feared though he were though he were a son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him there is a purpose in your pain there is a reason for your struggle god is trying to work something in us he Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 9 through 10 records. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom all things are, for, for whom all things are and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of the heir of salvation perfect through sufferings. Hebrews 4 and 15 says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. There was a purpose for everything that Jesus went through. There's a purpose for everything that you go through. Now, did, did you know that Jesus never identified himself as the I am before his baptism and his wilderness temptation experience. Did you know that? He never said I am or would allow himself to be identified as the I am until after he had been through the wilderness and after he had been baptized. 
You see, the I am, the I am that I am phrase that we're so familiar with was the original form of God's name that he revealed to Moses at the burning bush on Mount Oreb. When he called him to be Israel's deliverer from Egypt, that name carried with it concepts of, of, of the eternal and self-existing one who is, who is a being who is not made with man's hands, but a being that is omnipotent, omniscient, all-powerful. In other words, he says, I am that I am, which means I am everything that you need. So when Jesus used the phrase, I am, in the New Testament, it, it was not just a pronoun or a verb, but it was the Greek phrase. Ego emia, which literally translates in the Greek to uh, I am, which identified him to them as Jehovah God of the Old Testament. So when he said I am, they knew he was using the same language as the I am of the burning bush. In John chapter 4, in verses 24 through 26, to the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us of all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. In other words, I am the I am. In John chapter 6 and verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. John 8 and 12. Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John chapter 10 and verse number 9. Jesus said, I am the door. If by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall I'll go in and out to find a pastor. John chapter 10 and verse number 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. John 11 and 25 to Martha at the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14 and 6, Jesus says to Thomas, he said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 13 and 13 Jesus said ye call me master and lord and ye say well for I am and John 8 and 24 to the Pharisees Jesus said amen I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins for if you believe not that I am ye shall die in your sins somebody shout I am Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 28, then Jesus said unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. John 8 and 58 through 59, Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. In Matthew 14, and 27 to the disciples when Jesus was walking on water but straightway Jesus spake unto them saying be of good cheer it is I be not afraid you can take courage this morning because Jesus is the I am 
Amen. I don't apologize for using so much scripture because I got a whole lot more. In John 18 and 5 through 6, to the soldiers that were arresting Jesus, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus saith unto them, I am he. Judas also which betrayed him stood with him. As soon as he heard, uh, had heard, said unto them, I am. They went backwards uh, and they fell to the ground. Uh, Mark six, uh, 14 and 62, Jesus says to the high priest at his trial, and Jesus said, I am, and you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. I'm glad that I know Jesus is the I I am of the Old Testament. And because Jesus is God, Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. He had an absolute right to identify himself so. So why didn't Jesus identify himself as the I am before his baptism and the temptation in the wilderness? Because everything Jesus did had a purpose to it. He wanted to teach us something. At his baptism, the Spirit of God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. But after the temptation, Jesus, the flesh of God, said that he was now the Son of God. This was not to put an artificial distinction between a triune Godhead that does not exist. This was to teach the difference between spirit and flesh. It is one thing to have God say, you are my child. But it is quite another thing for you to say and know with a revelation that I am God's child. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to put some wood on this fire for you this morning. It's one thing for God to say, you're my child. It's another thing for you to have a revelation and stand and say, no, I am a child of God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you need to get an I am revelation. You need to get an I am revelation. You are not, you are not the poverty of God. You are not the removed child of God. You are not the least favorite of God. But you need to realize I am the apple of God's eye. I am the affection of his heart. You need to get an I am in your spirit this morning. Somebody shout, I am. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For Paul said, uh, he's going to give you, you ready for some I am's in the Bible that speak to us? You want some I am's in the Bible? He says in Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first uh, and also to the Greek. In Romans chapter 8 and verses 38 through 30, Paul said for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate
separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 7 and 4, great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulations. Some of you need to get a revelation this morning and say, I am persuaded. I am filled with joy. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and verse number 10, Paul says, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. You need to declare this morning, I am what I am. I am strong in Christ. I have peace. I feel something starting to stir in somebody's spirit this morning. You need to get an I am. I am persuaded. I am an overcomer. I am filled with joy. I am am filled with purpose. Acts chapter 21 and verse 13. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? Then he says, For I am ready not to be bound only but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Acts 27 and 23 for there stood by me this night an angel of God whose I am and whom I serve Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 20 says for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11 not that I speak in respect of want for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content Philippians chapter 1 and verse 17 but the other of love and knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel Philippians 1 and 23 for I am in a strait betwixt two having a desire to depart and to be with Christ which is far better 2 Timothy chapter chapter 1 and verse number 12 for the cause for the which cause I also suffer these things nevertheless I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed against that day 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6 for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. Do you get it? Paul had a revelation of who he was and the shipwreck couldn't kill him and the snake bite couldn't kill him and false brethren couldn't kill him and poverty couldn't kill him and and lack of food couldn't kill him because he had a revelation. I am what I am through the power of the Holy Ghost. Some of you need to declare life this morning and say I am blessed. I am chosen. I am loved. I I am an overcomer. I am the head, not the tail. I am the favorite of God. Come on, go ahead and shout to him this morning. 
you need to make a bold declaration in the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. I am not going down. I am going up. I am not going under. I am going over. I am a child of God. I am purposed in God. I am loved of God. Look at somebody and shout it at them. I am what I am. Come on, shout it at them. I am what I am. When you say that, you better believe what God is calling you to be. Hey Amen. You, you got to quit buying into this. I am what my grandparents were. Hey Amen. Let, let me say it again. I'm tired of all this. Well, I, well, you know, because my family was this, I got to be the. No, you don't. Hey Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ broke that in baptism. Hey Amen. And while I'm on it, I'm so sick of all this, uh, this fake super spiritual stuff where they go back and try to chase your, trace your genealogy to some kind of a, a spiritual generational curse. I want you to know they're more full of baloney. Hey Amen. Than a sandwich shop. There is no generational curse once you go through the blood of Jesus and you are baptized in the name of Jesus because when you went up under the blood of Jesus Christ, it broke all chains. It broke all curses. It breaks all addictions. So you might as well say, I am free. I am liberated. I am a new generation of the blessing of God. Well, I feel some faith rising in this place right now. Amen. Some of you have been feeling the last several weeks, amen, like you got your tail between your leg and you're dragging your nose on the carpet. I've, you ought to lift up your head this morning and say, if he died for me, amen, he shed his blood for me, he lives on the inside of me through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then I want you to know I am a child of God. I am purchased of his blood. Come on, you need to get that in your mind. I am not going down. This economy is not going to collapse me. It's not going to collapse my family because I am favored of God. This brings a whole new revelation. I'm almost done. But this brings a whole new revelation of what Paul wrote in our text when he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. The message again says it this way, but because God was so gracious and so very generous, here I am and I'm not about to let his grace go to waste. You need to realize that God has favored you with his blood. He's favored you with his grace he's favored you with his love and it doesn't matter what happens around you we are upon the solid rock of Christ and all other ground is sinking sand I've made up in my mind I am what Jesus said I am I am what the Bible declares I am look at somebody and tell them I am what I am quit saying I'm broke Let me say it again. Quit saying, I'm broke. Because you keep saying it, you will be. According to thy faith, be it unto thee. People come to me and say, Pastor, I'm broke. I say, yep. Pastor, I'm depressed. Yep. You keep claiming it. You keep accepting it. See, you don't realize that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And you keep speaking that, it's going to keep happening. Like the people always say, it's a bad year. It was a bad year. Well, guess what? Next year ain't looking good for you either. 
You keep that sourpuss spirit back in the year behind you and you step into the new year and say, it's going to be the best year I've ever won. But what if somebody dies? People die all the time. What if I lose my, people lose their job all the time. What if my car, everybody's car breaks down every once in a while. You got to quit anchoring your happiness to everybody around you and the things around you and you've got to connect to the I am that I am and say, I am what he says I am. Hey man, I got another one for you. I am not Democrat. I am not Republican. I am not independent. I am not American. I am the child of the living God. I'm trying to help you before you get in the next year. You got, you got to clean up your stinking thinking. I said you got to clean up your stinking thinking. God's out to get you and bad things are about to, listen, bad things happen. Uh, man, I, I'm telling you, I know this isn't the most profound thing you've ever heard in your life, but you need, we need to hear this. I, I'm so tired of people living, waiting, waiting for that other shoe to drop. Going to, going to work every day expecting to be fired. What kind of a life is that? What kind of, what kind of a life is that? Living like, expecting somebody to stab you in the back. Bible says in this life you shall have troubles. Well, the word of God say for, for what is life but a few days and full of sorrow. Hey, everybody in their life has a verse that sounds like a country song. Hey Amen. You, know you know what they say when you play a country song backwards, don't you? That you get your dog, your truck, and your wife back. And now that everything's going digital, hey man, there's soon to be, I guarantee you, all cars are going electric and computer, there's going to be a country song about a guy who says his truck left him. But I'm going to tell you something. If you live your life expecting to be broke, you'll be broke. If you live your life expecting to die of, of some kind of illness that your family died with, so be it unto you. Did we not learn anything from Job? Job said the thing I feared the most came up. How did the devil know what to do to Job? Because Job had feared it. Amen. So I'm supposed to go around and, and just act like everything's good? No, you're supposed to go around and act like he's good. Trials shall come. Tribulations shall come. Heresies must come. False brethren must come. Hard times are going to come. But we don't base our contentment upon that. We under we got to get an I am revelation. I am what I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am not who I am because Tony Perkins told me this or Dr. Phil or Oprah told me what I am. I am what I am because the word of God tells me what I am. I am full of grace. I am filled with joy. I'm covered in the blood. I'm walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And come hell or high water, I'm always going to be a child of the most high God. Look at somebody and tell them, I am what I am. Come on, tell them again, I am what I am. Some of you need to be persuaded. Paul said, I am, I 
am persuaded. Paul said, I am not ashamed. You need to get persuaded of God's goodness and not be ashamed to tell all that God's done for you. The great religions of the world have all attempted to answer the deep need in the heart of man for deliverance from sin and communion with God, but sadly, they have all come up short. Hinduism, Brother Lucas, if you'll come, Hinduism teaches that we must, through our own good deeds, work toward achieving oneness with the universal soul. If we fail to do this, we are punished by the law of karma. But let me tell you something. Let me just remind us Christians. We don't believe in karma. When I, see, when I see Christians post that, I am shocked. When they say, I was at the store and, you know, they treated me wrong. Well, karma's going to get them. We don't believe in karma. We don't believe in that. Amen. We, 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 don't, we, really, really, we don't even believe in luck. We just believe in God. Everything's divinely orchestrated of God. Amen. And, and, and they teach that, that, that uh, we're punished by the law of karma, which returns us in another form of existence through reincarnation. They, they truly believe that if you don't live good enough, you're going to be reincarnated into a lower life form. Amen. I, 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 the Word of God, don't, we don't got any business believe it because the Word of God don't teach that. It ain't true, but if it was true, I'd want to come back as blue because that dog is spoiled rotten. Amen. We don't, we don't, we don't, I, matter of fact, I was, I was talking to a missionary years, years ago that, that was, uh, they were a missionary in a Hindu country and, uh, you know, they're vegetarian because they don't, they don't believe in taking life and, and because uh, they believe all life is a, is a, was a human at one point in history. And so the missionary was there and he was new in this, in this village and, uh, they were letting everybody know that they were going to be spraying insecticide over the crops and the missionary was quite taken back by this and he said whoa, 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 wait a second I thought you teach that all living form was a human at one point and so you don't kill any life they even believe a June bug was a human at one point so if you go spray insecticides on your field you're going to kill billions of people and, and that the, the man uh, who was also um, in that religion he looked at him as seriously as he could. He said, oh, yeah, we believe that. He said, so why would you go out and kill all these? He said, well, what we do is the day before we spray, we go out into the crops and we go, shoo, shoo. Well, if that, if that works, then why would you need the insect? Never mind. <laughs> Buddhism, Buddhism teaches that we must diligently follow the eightfold path to rid ourselves of evil. Buddhism teaches we can never know how well we are doing because truth cannot be objectively communicated. We must constantly strive for a state of blissful enlightenment. Islam teaches that we must achieve salvation through a rigid, defined method of worship, enforcing good deeds and a fanatical devotion. If we die, Islam says, while using force to bring the world under Allah's dominion, we will be welcomed to an eternal state of sensuality. The nominal 
man-made denominal Christianity teaches that, that we achieve salvation through just mere belief or reciting a prayer in Jesus Christ in contradiction to the clear teaching of God's word often resulting in no life change to the potential convert as converts are left to live Christ's teaching through their own power and not through the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, but apostolic Holy Ghost filled. A man teaching out of the word of God says that teaches that we achieve salvation through explicitly obeying God's word resulting in the death of the old man in repentance and a real new birth through water and through the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that his spirit can empower us to live this life in him and finally I end with this my spirit and God's spirit agree that I am a child of God. For Romans chapter 8 and verses 15 through 16 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Papa, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I want you to stand with me this morning. We are the children of God. The Bible declared that the Lord hath not set his little ones to suffer wrath. Well, hallelujah. That's why I believe the Lord's going to take us out of here before, before the tri great tribulation hits this earth. Because he loves us. We're his children. Jesus said, how many of you earthly fathers being evil do know how to give good gifts to your children? That, that if, your, if your son should ask for bread, would you give him a stone? Would ask for fish, would you give him a serpent? How much more then will your heavenly father give good gifts unto you? I need for somebody this morning to hear what I'm saying to you. In the, in the hustle, in the bustle of the end of the year, when you're frazzled and you're stressed out, you've got first of the year commitments you have to make. You've got presents to buy and there's not enough funds in the bank account and there's things, bills that need to be paid and you're stressed and you're trying to achieve the next level at that job or you're trying to get this in your life and you're at the end of the year and you're taking inventory of what all has happened this year and what you need to happen in the next year. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, you need to walk out of here with a fresh revelation this morning that says, I am what I am. I am a child of the Most High God. My daddy is the king of all kings and he is the Lord of all lords. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He owns the gold in the hills. He owns the all under the code. All the minerals are his. Everything is his. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I am what I am. I am what he's called me to be. Somebody needs to 
to lift their hands right where you are right now and say, I am not forsaken. Come on, you need to say it. I am not forsaken. I am not cast aside. Amen. I have not been removed from God. Amen. I am not abandoned. Amen. I, I am a child of God. I am what God says that I am. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. This isn't some name it, claim it prayer. This is a revelation that God is wanting somebody to get this morning that you are what God says that you are. In the name of Jesus, the enemy's trying to get you to panic. He doesn't want you to know who you are because if you know who you are, amen, that temptation you're dealing with won't even be a struggle. Once you know who you are, you know that you are an overcomer. You are a child of light. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I wonder who would step up here this morning and say, I am what God says I am. I am what God says I am. The enemy's trying to stress out my mind. He's trying to confuse me. There's all kind of lies and innuendos that the enemy's placing in my life, but I'm not going to receive that. I am not going to hear that because I am a child of the Most High God. I am what I am. I am who he says I am. Come on, I am persuaded. I am convinced. Come on, that I do have joy. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm not going to step into 2023 carrying the baggage of what the enemy's trying to lie to me about. I am what he says I am. I am who he says I am. strengthen your faith right now let the spirit of God strengthen your faith right now right now.
I want you to join with somebody right now because I feel a new strength coming into this place right now in Jesus name I feel a new strength coming into this place you need to declare it right now you need to pray with that person you're connected to amen and you need to declare it I am healed I am free Amen. Whatever the whatever panic that the enemy is trying to sell you, whatever confusion he is trying to deal in your life, you need to take hold of this word today. Amen. That I am not confused. I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Come on, you need to make that declaration right now. Amen. I, I am not lost. I am not confused. I am not backing up. I am not walking out. I'm standing up. I am standing on the promise of God. I am what God says I am. I'm going to have what God declared I will have. In the name of Jesus, you got to speak that in faith right now. Come on, pray that with them right now. Pray that with them right now. In the name of Jesus. I feel healing in this place. I, I, I feel strength in this house am, right now. again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus name.